Hello, film friends, friends of film, and everyone in between. Welcome to the Film Folklore Podcast. I am Jed Props, and I am joined today by Chris A.D. Hello. And, of course, the phenomenal Justin Sound. Hi. Zoe and Joe are not with us today. Uh, I know Joe was spotted near Anchor Wat with diplomacy. Uh, Chris, where is Zoe? I think uh, Zoe's cat had hemorrhoids, and so uh, she's occupied with that. At the cat hemorrhoid clinic. I think so, yeah. Um, You have to buy special preparation H, um, (laughs) feline preparation H, at the one special store. It's preparation C for cat. I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm not not too well-versed on it, but uh, there's one kitty cat um, uh, hemorrhoid store. I think she's there. Is Long there a, line. an adorable little inflatable donut for the cat? To I on? hope so. And then, you know, there's the debate on whether or not your cat has to get declawed to apply the, the preparation H, you know, and all the stuff. It goes, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. That's why, fair. Why is that a debate? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you declaw the kitty just for this one thing, I mean, and then it can't survive in the wild. I mean, like, really, it okay. gets intricate. Good point. You know? Right. Yeah. I'm sold. Uh, all right, friends. Well, we have a fun guest with us today. But first, I'm going to bring the subject of moving to presence. Um, so I'm likely to be moving soon. It's always a chore. I'm sure we all agree. Um, but I get excited for going to a new place. I mean, do y'all, do y'all at least have that reward out of moving or do you just hate the whole process? I hate it. Just from start to finish? Yeah. All right. Justin, what about you? I, I used to get more excited about it. Um now, I, I think in the last, I don't know, three years, I've probably had four different uh, uh, residences. Oof. And then we've moved offices three times. So. Oh, wait, I knew about the offices. But yeah, that, so Jesus. I'm quite over it, yeah. Um, probably because um, we can throw back to our Nick Grip episode, but um, we, we, I think one of the problems we're having is we're not asking our Grip brothers to help us because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're already doing it on set. I mean, just right over here, I think is no big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, this is a true story that uh, we'll have to keep it anonymous, but I know of a former set decorator that was abusing in such a manner that she was um, buying furniture pieces for her own home and having the set dressers deliver it Ooh. with the five-ton on company dime. Wow. And I will only say that this person is now an Academy Award winner. <laughs> Moving on. So anyway, um, you know, Chris, you already said um, you hate the whole process. So uh, I'm sure you'll hate these questions as well. Um, when you're moving into a new place, um, and and Justin, this can be office or um, uh, home related, but uh, do you kind of get excited for like the visual spatialness of it or anything where it's like, Oh, I can put that over here. Oh, I can put that on that wall or this would be a good spot. Or because like you said, you've done it so many times recently that you're just like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. For me, it's efficiency thing. Like whatever gets it in the spot as fast as possible and, you know, semi organized to where I at least know where it's at. That's that's yeah. I have no, uh, yeah, my wife decorates. I don't. <laughs> That's actually the next thing I was going to say is, do y'all prefer to leave that to your partners? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, Does your partner ever go like, um, I don't know, honey, what do you think about this uh, painting here on the wall? And you're like, yeah, sounds great. Uh, it's it's um, established 
as fact that I have no idea what I'm talking about <laughs> uh, in terms of aesthetic. And uh, and I can't also... Um, Spoken like a true AD. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't visualize it until it's actually up there. So it's like, just do it. And then I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> and it, it, it is usually, you know. Uh, yeah. The desire to, to to take it down and move it is a lot less than any, yeah, you know, um, need for it to look, you know, different on the wall. Yeah, I will say that when I do move, it does take us along. To I have to, I have to sort of incentivize my wife, or you know, kind of push her along with getting all the artwork hung up because I just don't like it on the floor. Oh yeah, <laughs> and tell me where to put it. You know, I'll do the physical work of it. Just you got to tell me where to put it. Because if not, it'll all be all the paintings on one wall. (laughs) Clustered together. Yeah, just all together. (laughs) It's like a a puzzle piece that Uh you're like, oh, I found some wall space I need to cover. Yeah. Um, we have the luxury and props that because of our containers and everything, I can always use those to pack and move for a lot of stuff. So at least it makes the moving experience a little bit easier. I don't have to cardboard box my entire world and stuff like that. And because I haven't moved at the frequency that you were talking about, Justin, I think that's why I'm still okay with it. If I was moving more frequently at that, I would be in the same boat as you. That I think I'd be like, I just don't care. I like, I, in fact, maybe I just throw everything away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, on our last, on our last moves for for our office and uh, my house, because these were big moves for us. You know, the office was. Big, we had moved in uh, five years, six years, something like that. Yeah, y'all had that spot for a while. Yeah, and then the, the and then my house, we were you know I moved back to you know two hours away from from the city, um, and uh, so yeah, I did as much throwing away as as possible. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it felt really good. You know, you feel good to kind of start fresh. Your your uh, Marie Kondo. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it works. Shout out to Marie Kondo. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> who I, I know personally. No, no. She was supposed to come and shoot uh, a season here. What? Yeah, up on the North Shore. I don't think it ever happened, though. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you bring something up that um, is a bummer about being in the art department. It's very hard to do reality TV because there mm-hmm. generally is not an art department. <laughs> so right. it's like a lot of times you'll go, oh, that sounds so fun. Oh, wait, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would have to change departments. Uh, we we did a um, a segment for a History Channel show that came here, and when I got hired as a prop person, I was like, "What? Like, this is a History Channel thing?" But it made sense once we were on it because was the it like whole, reenactments and stuff. Well, it was like our tiny universe, so the whole thing was about. Uh, set dressing and setting up, say, like a bedroom, but then the narrator saying, like, but what goes on in the, in the you know, what the naked eye can't see, and the camera's, like, zooming into the carpet, and then it's going into, like, this tiny world where maybe it wasn't Dust History Channel. Yeah, maybe it was Learning <laughs> Channel or whatever. But, yeah, it was it was one of those things where you're going, I mean, I'm excited. I always want a job, but what is this for again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, that's crazy. I didn't know that... Uh, condo was coming this way mm-hmm. i think we'll we'll have to get with some uh reality folks i would love to get some reality tv people in here mm-hmm. um i know someone uh, we've actually talked about it briefly but I, I don't know if they would come on or not but i, I do know someone who is now a a uh, like upm producer type um that has gone up in that world that has done i think every show that starts with the word swamp <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
that's only 20. So anyway, uh, the reason I had brought up the moving thing um, is because we are going to talk to a set decoration person today because we haven't gotten anyone from set deck in here yet. And we have an on-set dresser with us, uh, arguably one of the toughest film jobs um, and uh, not a position you can half-ass, not for the lighthearted. You need to steal your mind. I don't know. But uh, anyway, let's let him talk instead of me. And uh, without further ado, let's welcome Jonathan Setdeck. Jonathan, welcome. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, guys. What's up? So you are an on-set dresser. And before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about your background as far as maybe growing up or did you grow up as a like a film TV kind of kid? Were you a movie buff? Um, see, growing up, I mean, I always was a fan of movies, television. Um, but as far as a film buff, I don't think I'd ever categorize myself as a film buff. There's a lot of people, especially in our industry, that know a lot more about film than oh, there's as definitely. far as like history and stuff than I do. You know, growing up. Grew up here and then around New Orleans. Um, and uh, like I said, I just always loved movies, always loved TV. Um, but it was never, I, I don't know, I never had an idea that I would work in TV and film. Like I always romanticized it, thought it was awesome, thought it was really cool. But never in my life did I think that I would uh, find myself uh, in the industry. I think, I think that's how most of us are where you, you, we kind of fall into it. There's very few, I think that actually plan into it yeah. unless you're a DP. <laughs> <That's very laughs> I'm just going to get that out right yeah. now. I mean, it, it also really was not a thing when we were kids growing up here. Also true. You know, yeah. it just was this, uh, it was an idea, but I mean, it didn't exist. Here. But also, and it was also all like so far away, right? Yeah, like, I mean, the idea is Hollywood, right? Yeah, right. and um, unless you're on one side of the country or the other, like it, it just didn't really, it wasn't in your. I didn't see it as a viable right career. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah uh, I went to University of New Orleans, but it it wasn't an official film school yet. It was, and I was just a theater kid, and they were offering film classes, and so you're going like, oh, that sounds fun. I'll take that. But no idea that that was going to translate into something actual as work. And then when you just kind of suddenly find yourself going into it and in that mm -hmm. kind of late 90s, early 2000s is when bigger stuff started landing. And then you just start finding yourself, like we were talking about Mr. James Rock before, but you, you find yourself going like, oh, wait, I'm in. I, oh, this is, a, okay, all right, here we go. You know, and you're just a PA, but, you know, uh, you see real Hollywood actors and you're, I think maybe were you star starstruck in the beginning or? Um, no, not really. I, I've never, that's um, good. there's been a couple of times where, you know, I've seen an actor on set and I was like, Oh wow, that's, that's really cool. Actually, as a matter of fact, no, there was one time when I was starstruck and I was, um, Bruce Willis. Oh yeah. I was like, Oh wow. That would do it. That's Bruce. That was, that's really cool. Um, but it was fleeting and I wasn't able to actually like, you know, meet him. It was just, he walked past me and I was like, oh man. But um, I too went to University of New Orleans and the film program, I think at that point, wasn't actually full, 
program, like you were saying. Yeah. It was just some classes that you could take. Um, as a matter of fact, I was there for something completely unrelated. It was uh, engineering, and then <laughs> uh, Hurricane Katrina hit, and that changed my trajectory completely. And then just in an effort to just wrap up my uh, education, I finished with, like, finance, right? <laughs> um but then fast forward a few years, I find myself um, out of that corporate world and looking to find something a little more fulfilling. And I've always been someone of hobbies. Like I've, I've loved tinkering, love creating things, love making things. Um, and I was making like furniture and stuff like that, uh, just very basic things and wow, you really were on the path <laughs> somebody i know right and uh marcus Wibbe, you know marcus yeah love he, marcus uh i ran into him and uh, we got to talking and he said that you know explained what he did and uh we exchanged information and then a few weeks later he called me up to see if i'd be interested to day play and i was like yeah sure let's check it out and um that's kind of where it started. I, I got a bunch of days through him, and um, uh, that's that was what, 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago. And, um, you know, that's the rest is history. I guess. <laughs> right. So I literally kind of, like you said, kind of fell into it. Um, and, and to be clear, when you got in with Marcus, you were a uh, set dresser uh, swinging offset. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, um, and to, in an effort to educate, I guess, um, so set decoration department, uh, breaks down as follows. Uh, the, the key, I guess you could say is the set decorator who works under this production designer, mm -hmm. um, set decorator, uh, it's the one whose responsibility is, the overall look of the set, right? Um, uh, approves and picks all of the decor, everything from ceiling fixtures to rugs, knickknacks. A good sconce. A good sconce, really yeah. good sconce. <laughs> um, and like your sofa, your furniture, your artwork, um, yeah. anything and everything that isn't a wall and a ceiling um, is your set decoration. Uh, the only caveat to that is sometimes you guys get involved props uh so it's anything that a uh actor or actress manipulates yes uh is is your realm yes um and the obvious crossover too like it can sure um a fairly common one is um a picture frame that maybe an actor picks up the picture frame and maybe it's on a, a you know a mantle or something they pick it up and then they're doing something with it maybe they throw it and they break it or something mm -hmm. like that so th that's a moment where you would have that crossover where you need the art department to uh, handle the photo itself you need set decoration to deal with the frame mm -hmm. and then uh, the glass and things like that we would probably work with the effects department uh, for breaking glass and throwing of frames which means you need multiple frames as well um, so what did I just name four departments for one example? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of how it works. That's, that's pretty much how it works. <laughs> a lot yeah. of collaboration is involved in what we do 
on a daily basis. Um, it's it's really impressive, really. It really is. Yeah. And, uh, and so the decorator has kind of two right-hand people uh, mm-hmm. to them, uh, if you want to continue. Sure. So the decorator uh, then relies on what we call the lead man. The lead man is essentially like the the guy in charge of all of the set dressers and swing gang. He coordinates who goes where, what goes where, when it happens, uh, lines up, everything needed to get a job done, um, puts together the schedule of man days, which is like manpower and what's necessary to make those things work, um, and works with the decorator on a, on a budget, uh, for whether it be the show or episode or whatever, uh, they kind of work together a little bit there on that as far as putting labor together. Um, and then and coordinates the, the trucks too. the trucks. Yeah. Sure. Sure. The so sometimes we'll have pickups and anywhere from one to three, four five trucks, depending on the size of the production. And, um, you know, those are all things that, you know, I was picking up rentals, dropping off rentals, uh, delivering set dressing to a set here or there. And there's a lot of logistics involved in our department. Yeah, for sure. Can you imagine it, um, like a place like Atlanta? I always just imagine the truck time, as sometimes people call it, where you get to take a nap or play on your phone or whatever while you're going from point A to point B to do these maybe pick up drop offs or setups at locations. And yeah. You know, New Orleans is easy to navigate comparatively. Sure. And Atlanta, I mean, you almost need like just additional trucks to get things done, you know, from a logistics standpoint, but so much truck time, I would imagine. Yeah, I haven't personally worked in Atlanta, but I've heard horror stories about the travel and, and traffic. Traffic is and, insanely atrocious, yeah. but I, I wasn't in set deck there. I was just um, doing props, but it, you know, I, the long short, uh, I had, when I first landed there, I had the intent of going around to the places that called themselves quote unquote prop houses to see who's legit, who could be helpful. And I mapped them all out. It still took me two days to go to them. <laughs> like just traffic, 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 traffic uh, everywhere. Yeah. yeah so, here it's a nightmare. Um, but anyway, uh, so back to the trucks, the five sure. trucks. Um, so generally, um, traditionally what, what, those are called. So we have the guys on the trucks um, that are running set dressing from here to there, whether it be pickups, returns, um, loading stuff in, uh, bringing stuff back into the warehouse or our lockup. Generally, uh, those guys are what's called, what's known as a swing gang. Um, we're literally, who, who, are, who are very very involved in just moving stuff back and forth. Um, That's actually a good thing to bring up because it's it, there used to be more of a difference between a set dresser and swing gang, but they've kind of become a, a interchangeable. It has just because they've you know tightened budgets and 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 labor uh, allotments. You know, mm. so it makes things a little more difficult um, because you're not allowed. So as a set dresser. Um, set dressers traditionally just go to the set and they dress the set with the decorator or, um, you know, the buyer. So we also have buyers. Um, I'm sure you've covered buyers on other episodes, but not so much yet. Um, but, um, I mean, 
you know, the, the buyers is basically assisting with shopping out everything because sure. it's a yeah. monumental thing to shop everything. Monumental task. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're just an assistant to the decorator, I guess is a short, easy way. But, um, but talking about going to um, location sets, whatever, in advance, uh, what we have talked about a little bit is uh, rigors. And mm-hmm. um, that can be a tricky world where you could have construction, paint, <laughs> rigging, set deck, all on top of each other, rushing oh, yes. to get done before main unit comes in uh, oh, yeah. to actually shoot. So absolutely, that's a logistic nightmare sometimes. Yeah, sometimes we're in there... Um, the guys are in there dressing sets as the painters are walking out. So it's literally like the walls are still wet. Yeah, exactly. paint. The fans um, are going. Yeah. Yeah. It fans are going. Yeah. It's, you know, fumes are everywhere. Uh, you're just trying to hustle in and, and get everything put up and, and in before company arrives, especially in, in TV world now. Uh, Cause yeah. it's, it, we move so fast that, um, uh, we're walking in as paints drying to to shoot, um, which means set dressers are still scrambling around as as we uh, <laughs> as we're coming in and and uh, uh, getting things lined up. But it, it all comes together and it always looks great. Um, those guys are very talented, and I'm always really impressed with uh, what they pull off. Um, each and every day so you do need a a, that's another thing too you you sort of touched on it but your skill set is kind of a broad skill set because you need to know a little bit of electrical Mm -hmm. Uh, you need to be physically able so there's Mm -hmm. that part of it um, because a lot of furniture lifting Um, and uh, you have to have at least a cursory knowledge of how say um, curtains and blinds work and things like that sure so um, you you become like the those individuals are very adapt to um like you said like jacks of all trades or jills of all trades um they yeah you, you know we we do, we are the last department to touch anything on the set before a company comes in uh so the knowledge base is very wide so like you touched on it's electric um it's construction carpentry uh, even some plumbing, you know, there's always, you know, plumbing fixtures in a lot of our sets, especially interior homes. Um, so there's sinks and showers and bathtubs and toilets and all that stuff. And all that needs to be, um, at least plumbed to look like it's real, right. right? Exactly. It might um, not be a working toilet. It might not be working. And you but- really, really need to advertise that so that someone <laughs> there's always a crew member that wants to use the bathroom on a set uh-huh. and, um I, I, do, y'all, do y'all know there's a i think it was a teamster um God, i'm kind of trying to remember what show it was there's a teamster that supposedly used a stage toilet that was not plumbed <laughs> yeah i've heard the same thing i haven't personally uh, uh, come across was, anything like yeah. that but wow um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know like, how you would even manage that. It's was, a teamster. That's part of what makes it so great. Yeah, because well, like, of course, right? the one person who would be completely out of the loop from any warning. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> wandering their way onto set, going, oh, "Looks like a perfectly serviceable toilet right here." A radio channel that is <laughs> that is never like associated with production at all. Yeah. Oh man, it would make sense. Uh, oh, that's, but um, that's too much. Yeah. So set dressers are very skilled at a wide range of things. Um, 
It's kind of like a, a handyman, if you would. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a very artistic eye, very adaptable individuals too, because we have to think differently than your traditional like construction or of, or anything that you would do in a traditional sense doesn't necessarily apply in our world, right? Because everything is temporary. Everything needs to be able to be moved very easily or at least um, manipulated very easily and quickly while company is there, right? So, oh, yeah. So for an individual like me, the onset dresser, um, having a group of guys um, ahead of production like our set dressers that are knowledgeable and understand uh, what it takes to make things, you know, easy, uh, is, is a great asset. Oh yeah. Well, um, and that, because that, otherwise it makes my life on set very challenging. Which times. that's the, the segue I was going to make now that you are an onset dresser and, um, we can get into it on another episode, but essentially if we're at a set that we've never shot at before, that main unit is at for the first time, the production designer who is at the top of our art department umbrella that props and set decoration are a part of, that person with the set decorator, with the on-set dresser, are all meeting and talking about anything that you need to know mm-hmm. before they walk away. Correct. And you're like that last line of defense, essentially, for the art department. Yes. Yeah, so my role as the on-set dresser uh, is the representative on-set while filming for the set decoration department, as well as even though it's not really technically my role, the art department as well. Um, So there's a slight distinction there for those who aren't familiar with our industry. The art department is mostly, you know, like your graphics and your design aspect of things. all of your visuals that the camera captures. Maybe. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and set decoration is all your physical, you know, stuff. Uh, however, since there is not an art department representative on set while we film, that r- responsibility often falls upon the on set dresser. And whether that's, you know, the right way to go about things is up for debate, but that is generally how it works. Actually, I'm glad you said that because I had a question in there for you. (laughs) Um, So uh, in Europe and some other places, there's a position called an onset art director. Correct. And we don't typically have that in the U S birthplace of filmmaking, just saying Um, we don't evolve apparently like others do. So, Um, but uh, if you had a choice, between being by yourself still, which we will get into a little bit of the difficulties of being alone as the onset uh, mm-hmm. dresser typically. Um, but if you had a choice between simply a pay raise to, to better justify what you have to do, because you have a very uh, difficult job. I, I think it's one of the more difficult onset jobs. It's just constantly demanding. But um, if you had a choice between just a pay raise or actually getting a responsibility increase in title of onset art director and bringing that position into a reality, which would you choose? Um, 
I would advocate for the addition of the role. Because that would technically put two people there. It would, yeah. um, which would make a lot more sense. Um, because as the on-set dresser, one of your main responsibilities is the continuity of the set and the relationship thereof with you know your set dressing and art, uh, the art uh, department. Um, and, you know, you, as the on-site dresser, you field a lot of questions and requests from the art department and the production designer and the art directors. Uh, so to have that role uh, added here locally, like, or at least in our North American jurisdiction <laughs> would be amazing. Uh, so to then have the onset art director and an onset dresser that can work together um, would be incredible. Now, will that ever happen? That's to be known. Um, but it would be a great thing to advocate for. It's a great thing to ask the IA for. You know, let's yeah. ch chat with the international. <laughs> uh, Matt Loeb, you out there? Come on. Yeah. Uh, I think he's playing golf right now. He's not listening. He, he might be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to put those feelings aside because we have negotiations coming up. Um, oh, but yeah, it, next year, right around the corner. Well, he's cutting deals on the golf course right now. <laughs> yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. On your behalf. Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much, Jack. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. But, uh, so we want to tell you about Teaser Fest, burlesque excellence. Immerse yourself in a world of allure at Teaser Fest, a burlesque extravaganza in the heart of New Orleans from January 18th to 21st. Seven showcases, guys. Countless thrills from the timeless queen of the striptease at the Orpheum Theater with live jazz to the avant-garde Vera Tease featuring acrobatics in the same iconic venue. <laughs> Sorry, I chuckled. <laughs> I think it's supposed to say varieties. I, I think, yeah. That's why I'm so uh, yeah, so we should probably do that. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did I say? What did you <laughs> say? What did you say? I would have. Cinema verities. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like the kid in class. You're reading out loud. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's. <laughs> no, I feel like we should shame people more. I feel like it, it gets people on their toes. Uh, I see you into the varieties. Varieties. Derek Zoolander School for yeah, Kids. Yeah, varieties. Varieties. Let me do uh, seven showcases. Countless thrills. From the tireless queen of the striptease at the Orpheum Theater with live jazz to the avant-garde Verities featuring acrobatics in the same iconic venue. Varieties. <laughs> Varieties. 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 Somebody else do it. Somebody else do it. Hey, hey, man. You want to take a sip of this? <laughs> Seven showcases, countless thrills from the timeless queen of the striptease at the Orpheum Theater with live jazz to the avant-garde. <laughs> You're not going to be able to get through it. I'm so sorry. I'm going to take one more time. Seven showcases. Bob Marley. <laughs> that wasn't me. All right, that wasn't me. me. 
seven showcases, countless thrills from the timeless queen of the striptease at the Orpheum Theater with live jazz to the avant-garde varieties featuring acrobatics in the same iconic venue. It's at the Orpheum Theater, gang. Witness burlesque magnificence in this historic gem, a perfect backdrop for the extravagance of Teaser Fest. After Dark Adventures, explore edgy, one-of-a-kind acts that redefined late-night entertainment. Teaser Fest celebrates New Orleans culture with live music, crafted cocktails, and intimate performances. A festival like never before. Elevate your senses at Teaser Fest, promising enchantment, amazement, and a celebration of burlesque in all its forms. So get your tickets now. Visit teaserfest.com and secure your place at the hottest burlesque event of the year. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, so on set, it's it's kind of interesting because most of my time on set is utilized. Not, I don't say most of it, but as an on set dresser, I have found like when I first started, I tried doing everything myself, right? Uh, not asking for help, not asking for assistance, just trying to make it work because I thought that was you know, what. You had to do, right? Wheels can get you pretty far. And uh, oh, yeah. wheels are your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, and and I would run myself ragged. I would uh, create a lot of issues for myself. Um, and it took a little while to figure out, like, there's a better way, right? <laughs> and I always had people offering help. But, you know, there's union lines and it's like, yeah. oh, no, it's not, you know, it's yeah. not your job. Like, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll take care of it. And that's a really good point because that's, <clears throat> as far as union lines go, it's nearly impossible to not cross a union line when you're an onset dresser, when right. someone's offering to help. It's like, you know. Right. <laughs> but kind of um, inherent contradiction. As, as the years progressed, I learned that my most valuable asset is making friends. Right. <laughs> And being the guy oh, that like strapping grips over there. Yeah, like <laughs> like I now I now know most everyone on the set, right? Like I'm friends with every department. I, you know, the keys are key grip and the gaffer and the DP and the director, all those guys I know really well by the end of like week two, right? <laughs> um, because I need as much information and as much help as I can realistically ask for, right? Um, so, uh, oh, we should talk a little bit about what the help is, because sure. So it's it's a lot our of favorite things. person so, to make fun of is someone you have to be good friends with. Oh, the, <laughs> the yes, cinematographer, the cinematographer, <laughs> sure. Um, so starting with the cinematographer, let's start there. Um, Making friends with that guy is or gal is is pretty important because you'll get invaluable information as far as uh, where cameras are gonna be and where to anticipate cameras location for like the subsequent setups. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to get that information as soon as I can so that I can better prepare for let's say the next four or five setups. Um, especially in television. And usually your, your DP knows what those are going to be with in television. Usually, asterisk. Yeah, usually. <laughs> in television, they typically know. Uh, when we're on a feature, it's a little more fluid, a little different, because those things change 
because we do have longer setup times and all that. So it's not as much of a concern. But um, knowing those things in advance for my position is very valuable because I can anticipate where camera is going to be, what needs to, what set dressing needs to be moved, what we're going to be looking at, if things need to be adjusted um, or brought into a, a frame later on, or even if we're not looking in this direction right now, but we need to establish something there at some point, having that there and available is is good because if not you get caught with your pants down and that's you know never a good look <laughs> but um so yes having making making friends and being on a, a a familiar basis with the dp is important uh as well as your director your uh, director wants you want your director to trust you and trust your judgment and trust that uh, you are on the ball and like cognizant of what's happening and and have his kind of vision in line as well that's a, a so we haven't really talked about that much but that's a good point you bring up is confidence goes a very long way in our world that mm -hmm. whether it's fake confidence false confidence or something like that it still sells people it eases them when you haven't worked together before and so that is a position where you need to instill that confidence in say a dp or a director or some of those people so that they can focus on other things and trust that you're going to be doing your thing right because if if they're worried about you know where where something's going to be or or whether or not you're prepared or ready and, yeah. and is that and, so phone and smart <laughs> well not so much the so on the mark but just like knowing that like you are you know uh how do you say it um like have their have their vision in mind as far as what they're what they're hoping to accomplish is is kind of yeah it goes a long way um so uh a couple of things before getting out of here um one of the things i uh, wanted to ask you is if you if you had a preference or a choice because you know sometimes we're in precarious locations that we're shooting and everything mm -hmm. what kind of location is your worst enemy typically versus your best friend kind of location? Ooh, good question. Um, I guess the ones that are the toughest, like most challenging are interior homes. So yeah, a like location, a practical home, a like practical home, yeah. home. Uh, because once we're inside, everybody wants to be inside. So everybody wants to get their gear as close as possible. Everybody wants to have their stuff as close as possible. And, but also I have to be able to have room and spaces to go with the set dressing that's in the house for when camera moves around the house. So if camera is in one position, imagine everything on that side of the room has to be cleared out because you need space for dolly track, dollies, cameras, one or two cameras um so all that room has all that space has to be cleared for that to happen i need somewhere to go with that uh, <laughs> and it can't be in the only room where video village is <laughs> right so um you know it, it can be challenging at times uh in those uh locations in those sets i mean my favorite sets are 
like parks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's, I would, I would think a like a um, there's a park bench yeah, and a know, driving shot <laughs> or a driving shot, right? Yeah, but I mean, it, it is one of the things that I can't, I cannot understand about filmmaking. Um, I, I mean, it's really it's it's like top three. It's like you're in a home. It's filled with furniture. There's no place to go. And there's one set dresser. There's one guy. Uh-huh. And it's just sort of like, you know, you'll see the production designer, you know, be like, okay, cool. All right. I'm about to take off, but uh, we're shooting in this church today. And here's all these vestibules. Uh, each one of them weighs a thousand pounds. Uh, there's 12 of them. But we put little padded feet underneath them. So <laughs> you should be fine. You yeah. know, and then it's like, all right, good luck. Yeah. Here's four sliders. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. make any sense how you expect one person to be able to to move all these really, really heavy things. It and it's crazy. And like I feel like it should be, it really should be a rule that like, you know, if you're shooting interior, period, you know, you, you should have two on set dressers mm-hmm. just because I mean, how do you how is one person gonna move all this stuff? Realistically, yeah. it's yeah. not possible. In in all of my career I've worked two productions where there's been two onset dressers for the entire run of the show. Yeah. And, and I mean, like I've seen it. Um, I've only seen it happen. I think twice. And there's only one time that I know for sure that it, that it did happen. And it, and it was just sort of, it was a preemptive thing. Like, you know, the onset dresser thought about it um, about a week before and had been pushing for it and finally got approval for it. Uh, just cause you know, it was interior and it was just, it was just, it was so tight. It was so crammed and everything was just heavy. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was just, you know, it was just on that day. Mm-hmm. Somebody from the swing gang came yep. over. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I will get an additional depending on the, the, you know, the location and the workload. Yeah. Um, like we recently did, uh, a film that involved a, uh, a football game and, Football, like it doesn't seem like it would be difficult, right? From a set dressing standpoint, um, which it isn't generally, but it's the scale of a football field sure. that makes things difficult. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot of set dressing, but the the amount of like uh, square footage that you have to cover oh, yeah. is a lot. So. Um, in, in times like that, I'll, I'll, I was able to have an additional and sometimes if we're on a set where there's very heavy items or like, there's a, like a lot of stuff, uh, I'll sometimes have an additional and have that approved. Uh, so it is, it does happen. It's not often, but it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, you, you kind of had you to teach yourself to ask for that. And- oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because they're not going to offer it up. You know, um, and then some, and then it's generally an ask to the production designer or the decorator, yeah. and then they'll advocate on your behalf, or they won't, or, or they, they won't. won't, yeah, or they won't, um, which is a real yeah. bummer, yeah, which is tough too. Yeah, that's yeah, a whole other conversation yeah. about yeah. art department advocacy because yeah. there's a. The long short is that there's a reason that costumes get 17 people in their department. There's a reason that G&E and camera are all well taken care of. There's a reason that the first ADs can get their additionals. And there's a reason that the art department is always cut short. And unfortunately, that oftentimes has to do with the uh, production designer, unfortunately. I I too think, like, not to, like... 
and there rag. are some great. Not, not to rag on the production designer, but I like I can kind of understand the production designer's point of view too, is because the bulk of the budget goes to the art department, right? Yeah. Um, so construction, the, paint. We should, we haven't really talked about, it, but right the greener the greens department, construction, paint, set decoration. Um, uh, props, um, the art graphics and, um, what effects, I guess would kind of sort of be, they're like a construction art hybridish kind of thing. Is is production designer above the line? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They have a, they have agents, Mm -hmm. which is kind of funny to think about, but they're, they're what's sometimes known as a loan out. Um, Mm -hmm. that's not worth going into, uh, (laughs) but, uh, um, yeah. So like given that. Um, you know, they do try to like save money where they can. So like for them to like not offer up additional labor when they don't feel like they have to, or it's not necessary. Uh, you know, I understand the thought. Yes. Whether that's the reality of situations is a different conversation, but, um, yeah, it's funny because I'm I'm often asked to be a steward as well uh, through our our union our union yeah. our local. It's like the uh, the the rep on the show uh, on behalf of the union. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So you're the yeah exactly like the union rep uh, while on set, uh, and and that is also because. The onset dresser knows everyone. Yes. Right. So everybody and knows you're, you're the onset always dresser. present. And I mean, you're always present. You're always right there. Always on set. Always all the time. On yeah. set all the time. Um, like like literally, we can be on a show together, and you're turning to props and saying, "Can you cover me a second so I can go to the bathroom?" Yeah. I mean, like it's that kind of <laughs> yeah. thing because you need to to have that break in that moment. And yeah. when when we're shooting, you are theoretically. Uh, taking photos, continuity, things like that. Yes. When we're not shooting, you're moving furniture and items around per the DP and director, and you're taking continuity photos again. So you really start getting into it. Well, when are you not doing something? That's kind of going back to the whole demanding part of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I always feel bad in that sense of like, it's, it can be so demanding. I mean, I don't think there's a show that we've ever done where uh, we move on from a scene Cameras on the move. You'll hear, you know, Chris or an AD say it, and and maybe the onset dresser is on their way back from a bathroom break or grabbing a coffee or a snack or something. And so you start hearing this, you know, um, maybe it's on the radio, and it's like Jonathan, Jonathan set deck, Jonathan. Does yeah. anyone anyone see Jonathan? It's like he's on his way. He's on his way, you know. Or you are coming on the radio, going like, I'm I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Like two seconds away, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it just always seems so hectic. Uh huh. Um, and there's most, not a lot of forgiving. Yeah. <laughs> when most it comes to most that. of my like snacking and uh, like pass around meals that craft service provides are done over a garbage can right outside set <laughs> because I never yeah. know if I just need to like throw it down and yeah, go yeah. right back in. There's, there's many, many a meal I've, I've shared with the onset dresser over a trash can as a second, second, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and, yeah. uh, and that's yeah, it. You guys are, you guys are very valuable to me as well. Um, y'all, y'all hold a wealth of knowledge as far as our day is concerned. You know, we should in theory. Yeah. <laughs> and that um kind of getting into a wrap up here um so um 
want to give you a, a moment um, that uh, we have a soapbox you can stand on if you'd like. Um, <laughs> or um, if it's advice related, maybe you just want to, um, uh, if any crew is listening and talk to them about water bottles on a set, it could be that. It could be, um, you know, advice you want to impart, good or bad. It's kind of a moment for you to free will say whatever you want. Oh, man. I know, right? You put can say more on, than one thing. You're put not me on the spot there, uh-huh. I should probably start telling guests a heads up about that. Um, advice. Um, you know, it's, this was like a position that I came into um, and, and, and found like kind of my niche in this, uh, in this industry that we have. I love that you were building furniture before you were even in the industry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I would say if it's something that you, if, if you find set decoration, uh, something that you want to do, I would say familiar, familiarize yourself with, um, you know, how, how that looks on film, right? Uh, study, study some of your favorite films and look at it from that design and decoration standpoint. Um, because it's not about just moving furniture. Um, it's not about, you know, just taking continuity photos. Um, really, my favorite part of being an onset dresser is creating a beautiful shot, right? Once, once I see that frame, I can then tweak what's inside that box to give, you know, a beautiful shot for the camera, for the production designer, for the decorator, for the director. And um, so I guess just kind of, if, if that's your world, if that's what you want to do, um, and, and that art department type world is, is where you want to go, yeah, just study your favorite films um, and, and find what makes it exciting for you, what, what makes that a beautiful shot to you, and, and kind of go from there. As far as crew, you know, I love, I love our crew. Water bottles don't bother me that much. <laughs> Every now and then, you know, I'll, I'll get frustrated just because, like, I've had a hard day and whatnot, and, like, there's coffee cups and water bottles around. But also, you know, it's hard on everybody, and everybody's moving fast. Everybody's moving quick. They always try and shorten our days and squeeze as much pages into our schedule as possible. Um, and so I get it. You know, like, you can't always just get up and go throw something away. Um, and... uh it's just when it becomes a, a bit egregious is when it's, you know. Game of Thrones, final season egregious. Hey, that was an actor. That wasn't crew. So <laughs> which, which just, time? Which time? Just, Are we just, talking about the water bottle or the coffee, the Starbucks coffee? Oh, the Starbucks coffee. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a water bottle yeah. at the feet yeah. of, uh, I don't know, I forgot everybody's name. They, they had Starbucks and water bottles yeah. back in that. If. Well, Mythical again. Day. They did. Again, so. if, it's at, if, it's, if it's at the actor's feet, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I never put my water bottles at the foot of an actor. Yeah. Don't do that. I guess my biggest pet peeve for crew on a set is um, just the just uh, disregard sometimes of, or maybe just not being aware of that this is a set and this is, you know, 
all this stuff is mine to look after and is um, some of it we only have one of, you know? So don't sit on the tables. Don't stand oh, on the yeah, chairs. Yeah. Don't, you know, use a dining table as uh, grip storage. Uh, like it's just you know be be a little be conscientious yes i'm not gonna go and you know put my tools on your cart or start spray painting something on you know on the back of your truck just don't you know we all have to play in the same sandbox exactly yeah i think sometimes cats shit in it but yeah (laughs) (laughs) we don't have control of that Um, I, think, I think that's a good note to close on there. Um, wait, I've got one question. Oh, go, go, go ahead. Because go. I've, I've always wanted to know, and I've, I've, I've never known. Mm-hmm. Um, who picks the paint color on the walls? Is it the, is the it designer? The designer does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, thank God. Okay, we can move on. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, um, it's the designer's choice if they want to use a wallpaper or something like that. And for anyone that's actually applied wallpaper before, you kind of hate them when they make those choices because, I mean, Wallpaper mm-hmm. can be a nightmare, but that's a whole other conversation for the scenic department. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Jonathan, for stopping by. Oh, thanks for having me. We really appreciate it. And thank you for being our first set decoration rep here. Uh, Jonathan on Set Dresser, everybody. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks. Oh, man. Thanks, Jonathan. That was awesome. Uh, I'm always impressed with uh, good on-set dressers, um, noble profession. Um, some jobs aren't for everyone. I hated that job. Additional on-set, not a problem because you're just helping move heavy stuff and there's not a lot of thinking in it. But the on-set dresser, as he said, is much more complicated. Um, Chris, because um, I don't think we we didn't go into it too much. Um can you speak a little bit uh, to the onset dresser from an AD uh, vantage point? Um, you know, shots are moving. You're on set, kind of helping coordinate the movements. Can you speak to that a little bit? I, I just my uh, my heart goes out to every onset dresser. I think it is one of the uh, hardest jobs on a film set. You have to be there all the time. Uh, you literally have to have a strong backbone. Um, not a, not an old man's job, man. There like you need to be youthful and sturdy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really do. Um, there is no way that I could do that job, uh, with the lower back trouble that I have. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a, it's a serious, it's a serious job. It is very tough. And it really, I mean, like you're responsible for a lot of things that go on camera in every single shot. Um, so those guys are awesome. And um, I think that they they deserve more credit than they get. And I also feel like there should be more additional on-set uh, dressers when, you know, we've got to do interiors of an entire house. It's impossible to do alone. It really is. Um, so I love those guys. They're awesome. Yeah. It, it, it's also that thing of, um, and for anyone in a hiring position, uh, something to think about. Every time a grip, a prop person... Uh, an available AD, someone else jumps in and helps, you're also taking that person away from what they should be doing. Just throwing that out there. Um, and, you know, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, for the millions of dollars we spend, it's not costing you to staff appropriately. Yeah. Oh, soapbox. 
look what I found. <laughs> um, anyways. Um, all right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, again, thanks to Jonathan for coming by today. Um, uh, this is going to be a little reveal from behind the scenes because Zoe wasn't with us. But hey, Zoe, do your thing. Do you like what we're doing here? Do you have thoughts, comments, questions? Maybe you have an idea or suggestion for topics you want to hear about? Well, you can find us on the interwebs. You can email us at filmfolklorepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the social medias, Instagram being Film Folklore Podcast. We have a Facebook group called Film Folklore, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at The Film Folk. And yeah, thanks for joining us today. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.